It's Monday, March 13th, and we have Lance and Kristen of the New Pennies. It's our 100th episode. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia, your number one podcast source for food news and interviews with the people who make Virginia restaurants great. Follow us on social media at Eat It Virginia and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. My name is Scott Wise and I am joined as always by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Roby, it looks like we've made it. Have we made it? 100 episodes. Holy moly. They used to say back in the sitcom days that once you hit 100 episodes, you could sell your sitcom into syndication and make millions of dollars. Mm. So what do you say? Should we sell? Well, now that we're in the 2020s i don't feel like like that's a thing but if somebody wants to buy this franchise (laughs) for a million dollars i'll take it will you take it i mean i think it hold out for like a million two a million three i think there's room for room to negotiate there i don't know if somebody says a million i'm taking it you're gonna have to find somebody else congratulations on putting up with me for 100 episodes you know what? It's funny that you say that because before you pushed record, I think we were discussing how you were putting up with me. Um, we are Scott has developed a selective listening process with me in which most of my words he ignores. <laughs> and then occasionally, I think there's a gem that he'll take away. <laughs> you know, you are special in my life, but I have that same skill with my kids, my former spouses, and most of my colleagues too. So it all works out. I'm, I'm, I'm now hearing that you have more than one former spouse, but we'll take that up. Moving, moving right along. <laughs> Let's lift the curtain a little bit behind the podcast, Roby. We, the podcast We're lifting up- the curtain, or are we going to talk about how I'm not a pro and you're a pro, and the reason why things are different is because my non-pro has made it so things are different, or are we lifting the curtain? <laughs> lifting the curtain. Essentially, when we get a guest on the podcast, we, all, we always try to bring a Channel 6 TV camera out to... Uh, the restaurant to the to the person who we interviewed to give them some TV time as well. If you're a Channel Six viewer on Monday, you might have seen Rachel Best from Blue Atlas, who we interviewed on the last. We interviewed Ben Waters, her husband, on the last podcast. Um, obviously, today's podcast is with Penny's RVA, so there's a little bit of a disconnect there. But we just want to make sure everyone gets FaceTime if if possible. Sometimes schedules don't align, and we're not we're not able to get TV cameras out. Um, in a timely manner, and I guess that's the case here. So go back and listen to the Blue Atlas one, and the individual that Ben talks about making dinner for is on air on Channel 6 today, um, so you can know some of her back history while watching her, and then check out Channel 6 maybe next Monday for Lance and Kristen and hear how Lance can't stop following Kristen around. Uh, we, we met. Well, I met for the first time Kristen and Lance uh, this week for our interview over at Penny's RVA in Jackson Ward, and we're going to get to their story in just a few minutes. You actually had dinner there at least one time. I have, yeah. Um, the Hunt Sackers, who you're familiar with, they've been a guest here, their village garden. Um, they had a tomato dinner with Lance and Kristen and Manny Baden, who is the or Emmanuel Baden, who is the chef there at Penny's. We did a tomato forward dinner and i think that his food manny's and lance and Kristen's wine acumen put together an incredible restaurant right there that's well really needed in that area of richmond i mean it's just elevated enough that it could feel like a night out and it's just accessible enough that you could do it more than once a week let's talk about wine for a little bit because i saw on your insta that you were a Participant? Were you a, you weren't a judge at the Governor's Cup. Uh-oh. Can we talk about this? So Virginia wine, first and foremost, is we just do some amazing things. We have some amazing winemakers like Ben Jordan of Lightwell Survey, and obviously Michael Shapps, who uh, who has been on the podcast, right? And then Taylor over at Upper Shirley, um, including like some women winemakers, Maya, who is now the winemaker over at early mountain and the governor's cup was amazing um great wine to be showcased but i would fingers crossed scott that like 
there'll be more than one female on that stage next year. Yes, I was there. Yes, I think it's amazing. Yes, I love Virginia wine. But can we get some diversity up in this Virginia wine piece? Do you have any uh, other female winemakers off the top of your head that you'd want to shout out? So, yeah, Scott, there are some female winemakers, I think, that are um, worth chatting about. You have, um, I mean, obviously, we just talked about Maya at Early Mountain. You have Emily, who's at Veritas. Emily Pelton, who does a wonderful job over there. You have um, the female winemaker that is behind Bledham. I mean, if you want to enjoy a female winemaker who's relatively near to Richmond, Jolene, the winery right there um, about a new kit. They have a female winemaker. Nice. So yeah, I think that there are some ones that we really should be taking a look at. Also, I don't know if you know this, Scott, but they say that women have better taste buds than men. So I feel like maybe that wine just might be better. Good. There you go. Let's talk for a minute about the state of Richmond's restaurant critic scene. You were part of an article recently in Style Weekly where it featured food journalists and critics. Folks haven't had a chance to read that article that highlighted you and several other uh, Richmond critics, food critics and uh, journalists. Why don't you just give people a broad brush about the difference in your mind between a a journalist and a critic? I think being a food journalist, Scott, I'm going to say that you're a food journalist. I think that you write wonderful food journalism stories. You talk about the story. You dig into the owners and the chefs and the people behind it. And that is a needed option in any major or even smaller city to to discuss that type of thing. Food criticism is obviously what it sounds like. You have, there is a measure of, decision there like there's thought there's like real this is my opinion right like there's and obviously food is very very subjective everyone as Kendra Murden says and I said years ago if you read my five questions with a foodie in richmond.com 100 years ago the exercise of food criticism isn't shoving yourself up your own into your own ego everybody eats so we all have opinions on food for Criticism to be in, here we go, in my opinion, for it to be good, for it to be actionable, for it to be something that causes or affects change, I think you need a long-term knowledgeable critic to establish a voice. And I use this as an example. I receive messages over email all the time and Instagram talking about how they know what this person always goes to restaurants that I like because they almost, I mean, I dislike because they almost always like restaurants that I dislike. Great. I have established a voice. You know what my voice is. So therefore you will go to the restaurants. I'm not a fan of because you know that your taste is that right. Sounds like it. Yep. That is the benefit. Sounds like a negative, but it's an actual benefit of having an established food critic. The reader or the the reader or the user is able to use you as their barometer and make a decision based on the critic, in this case you, uh, decisions and, and opinions. Exactly. And whether you're for or against them, you're there. You're hearing my voice. You're hearing the critic's voice. Justin Lowe has a very solid voice. And I think that he's starting to... Justin's the writer for the RTV and who had one of our earlier podcasts a couple of years ago. And he's amassing an audience that understands where he's coming from and hears him in his writing, which I think is really important. And I think that, um, well, Scott, I think I'm going to go back to doing some food criticism. Are you breaking news here? <laughs> I don't know if it's breaking news. What is news. happening here? Let's get the, get the, <laughs> the music cue going up. Dun, da, da, da. Well, you know, I already write some restaurant reviews for the Virginia Beach Hampton Roads area. I think that I'm going to come back to style here in Richmond and do some more events. Uh, you don't make friends doing this, Scott. If you don't know me, Scott, I am relatively polarizing, <laughs> even <at> existing. <laughs> so I, um, I'm, I'm not bothered by it. I don't have a lot of close friends in the restaurant industry. I have some, and I think they're strong enough 
to separate the two. And I think that's important. I would put it out there that currently our restaurant criticism across the board hasn't really had to deal with this type of obstacle yet. Like I'm interested to see how that works from the people that are currently talking about our restaurant scene. Nobody's saying anything that could possibly make them lose some of the friends that they've established. And it's not a loss if everybody's an adult, but it is going to take some mature behavior. So you mentioned that some of your restaurant criticism is currently available down in Hampton Roads. Is there a timeline yet on when you might be back out reviewing Richmond area restaurants? So we've started. I have a partner in this. So I um, have elected this time around to, I I mean, I want some more diverse voices in our restaurant scene. I think we have some and I think we could use more. So um, it's, I'll just tell you, James Ford, who is just something I ate, he has so brilliantly, I think, decided to partner with me. Um, And his voice, I think, will be really cool. But we started already. Wow. Okay. We've been to a couple restaurants. We're going to go to a couple more. We're setting up how this is going to work. Um, I'm hopeful that our first article will come out in the next two weeks. Beautiful. All right. Well, we're looking forward to reading that. You and James. I want to make sure that I'm specific about this, though. Everyone actually is a critic, which people aren't going to like what I'm saying here, because, you know, obviously, that's a pretty terrible thing to say. But Everybody makes a decision with their wallets. Whether you want to say that that's coming out as the truth or not, you do. Your dollars go where you want them to go, and you're not going back to a place that didn't do what you thought it should have. And so I just put it out on paper. Other people just don't return with their money. (laughs) So there you go. One place I would love to go and spend some money is Penny's RVA. (laughs) Once you hear the story of Lance and Kristen, perhaps you'll want to go as well. Let's head over to Jackson Ward. So currently, where would you say we are? Jackson Ward? Heaven. I think we're in heaven. We're in heaven? (laughs) Yeah. It's a little slice of heaven. (laughs) Once was the stoplight gelato cafe stoplight cafe with all of the gelato and her name was barbara maybe barbara gibbons barbara gibbons Mm -hmm. um then was like gelato and pizza right for Mm -hmm. a second had Mm -hmm. a brief moment stopped right there Mm -hmm. pun intended and now guys i like this better i'm with Kristen and lance of pennies which is part wine part incredibly good looking decor in here guys and part tapa slash snacks slash dinner yes yeah that's it yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good that's it Roby. that's yeah. all they have so we're done here all, all right 17 things that's it <laughs> awesome so how did this start like how do you all know each other like what like give me the background how'd you end up here yeah um we are originally from Mechanicsville, Virginia, Ashland, the the Hanover area, both Kristen and I, uh, we met in high school. Um, Kristen was working at Best Buy at the time. I was uh, souping up my old Ford Mustang and I used to uh, go to the audio section and that's where I met Kristen and she had to remind me of this the other day. Like that's where we officially met and at a Best Buy in Mechanicsville? At a Best Buy in Mechanicsville. Yeah, I like love Glen this. Allen location. Yeah. 1013, <laughs> specifically. You know store your, 1013. You know your clock in still? Yeah, no, no, that's a store number. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we met there. Um, Kristen and I have gone back, go back, you know, to high school. I went to UVA in 2007. Kristen went to, in 2008. And uh, she'll kind of mention that she automatically attached onto my friend group, just having to know an older kid in, in college. And uh, we, you know, spent great years at the good old grounds of the University of Virginia. I moved to New York in 2014. Uh, Kristen moved 2015. 2015. Mm-hmm. Because of you? No, 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 no. no. This no. Was just oh, she happened. said no. <laughs> yeah, no. She shook her head like, violently. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? No, not at all. He moved for her. <laughs> exactly. Ahead of time. Yes. We, and um, that was... 
again, all by chance, you know, like all by happening. We never had planned to go to the same college together, never planned to live in the same city together. Um, I moved up there for my acting career. Uh, my manager in New York uh, was it was just time to get up there and start exploring that world. Uh, Kristen's financial background took her to New York. Uh, we moved back to Richmond uh, pre-COVID. And, um, you know, we I'm giving you all the long scale of how I want like, it. it all went down. I want it. But uh, yeah, and you know, we 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 knew that we wanted to uh, open up something together after a long history of uh, of kind of doing fun things together and and talking about business and talking about wine and talking about food and travel, um, especially in, with our time in New York. And it's really a culmination of where we're at right now, which is uh, Penny's RVA. It's a Jackson Ward wine spot by Rich Wine RVA. And Kristen can obviously fill in like the gaps because there's some more juicy stuff in there. But like that's the big picture of of how we got here. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, all of our kind of being in the same place at the same time was happenstance, I would say. Um, like I was in, I w- worked out in Utah for two and a half years before moving to New York. And I think you were like the first person that I knew that was mm. in New York after being there for a year. And then we ended up being neighbors uh, in Brooklyn. Like I was already in Brooklyn, but I think you and you and Brittany moved over to Br- Brooklyn like a couple of years after being in Hoboken. And that's what kind of kicked off this wine journey because I would get off of work and like skip my train stop. The next one would be Lance's. Um, and you had opened up two wine shops for clients that you had met um, by way of selling wine through Frederick Wildman and Sons. Mm-hmm. And I would just go get wine from Lance. Uh, so after work. It's and, a good friend to have. Exactly. Yeah, right? Exactly. The you wine know? hookup. I'm, I know where he is. I'm just going to go to his spot. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. So um, whether uh, that you know and that was off like the no strand like avenue stop just right off the a train which was perfect that was on my work line so more conversation came about um by way of our just you know natural proximity like living about a half a mile apart like in brooklyn and then lance working at a wine shop very close to my house in brooklyn and we just talked a couple of times just about what would it look like if we started a business would it be in brooklyn would it be in richmond like what made sense and it was probably about like a year or so of like ideating of like what would make sense just in passing no serious planning um and it wasn't until 2019 when you decided to move home um and then the pandemic happened uh shortly after we were right in that crux of time between September 2019 and March 2020, mm. we had already, you know, got the LLC going. Mm-hmm. We had the, we were ideating across like my living room in Brooklyn, just like throwing things like out in the air of like what this could look like, what it could be, where it could be, and then we committed to let's shop around and find like a brick and mortar uh, to call home and start a wine shop. It was just meant to be a bottle shop at that time, but the nature of the pandemic um, mm-hmm. happening, we were like, we still want to get great wine to people. How do we do that? And it's like, well, we'll go online and you had to pivot, right? Pivot. I mean, it's it's always a pivot. But you guys start like really, like I remember you coming to my house with wine mm-hmm. over the pandemic. So yep. you guys really dug in to yeah. what your what what it was going to be. You were like, we'll put it all online. You guys can just get whatever you want, and we'll yeah. pack it on up and bring it to you. That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, and, and going back to the word pivot. Now that I kind of look at it, I mean, it, it was we didn't really. St- start anything yet right you know we had we had a brand kind of in place we had an idea of what we wanted to do um and like kristen said we shopped around um rich wine our the 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 brand you know was formed based off these deliveries right you know like you said we everyone was at home not doing much um you know kind of figuring out the next steps people were drinking a lot at that time um, and they didn't want to leave their house. And we were slinging wine all throughout the state. I mean, you know, driving. <laughs> you know, I remember the days we were over at Hatch Local. Not Hatch Local, excuse me. Not, uh, not the newer Hatch, but the older Hatch. The Hatch Warehouses where we got the opportunity to kind of set up, like, our, our online delivery uh, service system. And we were just slinging wine all throughout Richmond. And it allowed us to make relationships with so many people make clients as as you know Kristen and I kind of called them but like you know friends really more of that nature and it also showed us that 
Richmond, which is home to us in a sense, because again, you know, Mechanicsville is not that far outside of here. I spent my summers in the city when I was growing up. Um, Kristen obviously, you know, came downtown uh, frequently as well. It, it, a lot of people wanted to eat, drink, socialize, be in this kind of atmosphere of uh, niche style settings. And these things we were accustomed to in New York, like, you know, it was nothing for us to pop in a, in a, a small cafe or a small spot that sold great food and great wine. And there was great vibes and great conversation going on. And so, like, we, you know, this was we were doing this in New York. And but this was in our 20s. And we knew that when we came on to Richmond, like we could do this too, like kind of bring this sense of 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 being together and, and, and enjoying each other's conversation over food and good wine and talking about travel. And uh, that's exactly what Rich Wine prompted to us because we were doing these tastings and, and things like that at people's houses and private events. And um, people wanted to navigate relationships and talk with us. And, and it, that's what led us to you know where we are now um, is this hybrid of wine and bottle shop mixed with like wine and bar, wine bar where people can come eat and come drink and and chat and have a good time. I want to go back to those initial conversations you guys had up in New York when you decided, let, yes, let's be partners, and yes, let's go food and wine. I can see the theater side. I can see the theatrical side of Lance over here, but the business side, Kristen, mm-hmm. when someone says restaurant, like what, in your head, what's going on in your mind when someone says, let's, let's, let's open a restaurant? No. <laughs> it was my first no. no. <laughs> and then I'm going to ask, why did you think about that? You know, yeah. like, but, you know, I think, I think, we had a long run of thinking about this like it's been a couple of years and we moved at our own pace and i said the numbers the numbers to open up a restaurant can be scary but i think it's about doing it at the size and pace of where you want to be and kind of like where you want to basically start this business right like don't jump in head first and we were very intentional Mm -hmm. when we were looking at spaces like we didn't need a wine shop that could hold like you know three four thousand bottles or like anything above 1500 square square feet because that just meant more operating cost and so we were very intentional about like the size of the space that we wanted to run um and spent a lot of time like taking a look at Virginia ABC requirements because the need where we are right now is basically accommodating the need to have food. And if we're going to have food, we want it to be fantastic food. Mm-hmm. Like I've traveled all over the world. Like I love to eat great food. And like, I think that like, if it's going to be a ref- of a reflection of like what we're both passionate about food and wine, we want it to be great, but it has to be great within something, a size, uh, you know, that works for where we are starting out um, and have it be able to be manageable not just like operationally, but financially. So is we this, spend a lot of time Is this on the that. size right now this that is, you were, yeah. had in mind or Absolutely. smaller, bigger? Absolutely. No more than like 30, 30 seats. You know, um, we definitely wanted it to be like owner operated a little bit. Like that's from a cost perspective, um, but also making sure that we can kind of uh, create a hand selected, like great team of individuals who uh, know wine and food very well to complement just you know, our standards of excellence Mm -hmm. and just kind of like uh, what we uh, were thinking about for the last, I would say, two and a half years now to look back. We've been doing this a long time. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love this size. I think this is a perfect size for a restaurant, even as you could, you guys, if you want to expand, you should, because I love it. But I think this is a brilliant size for a restaurant. It's manageable for someone, especially with the kitchen you guys are currently working with. It's manageable for two people to be out front and talk to everybody. I mean, I think it's great. Um, I have actually had dinner here, um, a tomato dinner here with the Huntsackers and this place was full, but it didn't feel overwhelmingly full, right? Like I could look across the room and you look at me and I could, while David Huntsacker was talking Mm -hmm. and say, turn the music down. Mm -hmm. And you went, of course I can. Like, I mean, it was easy to be able to do that type of thing, but still feel real lively in here. I think you guys have cultivated a really nice, warm feeling which is hard to do in the beginning of a restaurant right absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. and i think that was very intentional um when we first set out and this was just like a concept in our minds the thought was we want people to walk in and feel like they're in a familiar place uh, mainly like in a living room or in a dining room setting with friends where conversation 
good wine, you know, good people, good food. It's just like at the crux of like the evening. Um, and that's kind of how we design this entire space. Like everything is hand built by Lance and his dad, like from the bar to the our Mr. communal Lemon table. Man, talented. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lemon improvements. Like, improvements. Yeah. So and you know, to our shelving, everything. No free plugs. Well. No free <laughs> plugs. <laughs> okay. Mr. Lemon, I want to check in the mail, sir. Don't worry, he'll be he'll call. He'll be calling. He'll All call. Right. He'll call. All right. He'll call. If you want to sponsor the podcast? That's another <laughs> conversation we can have. Yeah. He's pretty handy. You want to keep that in your back pocket as a favor. Absolutely, absolutely. But like that was the thought. Like that's what we wanted. Um, and I'm happy to hear that people are are seeing that without us even having to mention it. I, I think it's just cool. So you learned about wine from Lance. Lance, where did you learn about wine? Um, I, I just bartending, and it started as a survivor job. I, I kind of been in the restaurant my whole life. Um, when I got to New York, I worked at ABC Cocina. It's a John George restaurant. Very fancy, delicious food, tapa style as well. Uh, the bar manager there, her name was Anne-Marie DeBello. I'm always just trying to shout her out. She's just a great person, but she was just very passionate about spirits and wine. And I knew that I didn't want to be behind a bar for the rest of my life. And I think the next step, an opportunity approached me where a wine uh, importer and distributor, uh, Frederick Wildman and Sons, asked for me to come work for them and sell wine and be a sales representative in New York. And I knew nothing about wine. I mean, you know, I, I used to go to the food line and drink apothic bread and we would look for back vintages of that. Um, and I, to be honest, I, I hated being a sales rep. Like I, I really hated my job of selling wine, especially in this major city. You How know, come? what was wrong with it? I, well, I, I didn't. I think for me, it's it's a it was a thing of not really being comfortable in the position yet. You know, like I knew what wine was, I knew how to drink it, but and I knew I could sell something to somebody, but I I didn't have the structure or the platform to really. Uh, do my do the job as well as I could. And so, you know, after two and a half years of, of doing it, I really just kind of got burnt out of, of not really, of, of trying to like sell something I wasn't comfortable with or didn't have like the best familiarity with. It took me those two and a half years to start to like get to learn wine, right? So while also trying to sell it and learn it, it just became difficult. But what I did get to do was sell to some really amazing people. I had some really great accounts. I got to, I mean, every restaurant in New York, I feel like I've been to to eat or at least try or heard of. You know, like I got to go so many places and I found this little hole in, in, in Brooklyn where one of my accounts had this little teeny wine shop that just felt like home. Like every time you walked in it, and I love going to see Jeanette and it was called Wino. And so I told her that I was leaving to my sales job and, you know, really gonna kind of focus back on the acting. And she asked if I would come, you know, run her shop for her and manage it. And I was like, yeah, that's perfect. I'm five minutes down the street. Um, and so I did that for two and a half years and I, two years and I've really learned the buying side of wine. I got to now not sell it. I, people, sales rep would come to me and I got to taste wine and buy it, learn more about it. So then I really started diving into the dirt, no pun intended, like about grapes and vines and, and terroir and, uh, you know, uh, different countries and things of that nature. Did that. Moved over with another friend of mine who I also sold to, was, who was brand newly opening up two shops in Brooklyn. Liquid Assets and uh, Bedvine. Bedvine Wine. Bedvine Wine. I may be saying it wrong. Still. No, no, because Bedvine Brews across the street. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was doing that for two years. Went there to help him open up his two shops. But those were brand new. So then I got to buy one. I got to really, like, get a budget that was very nice and really put together, you know, a... a the shelves and put together where everything was coming from and as soon as I moved back home I knew the first thing I wanted to do was get into the vineyard and get to like wine making as well because talking about just really the structure and really learning from the bottom up uh, that was the first thing I do so I met with Ben Jordan um, who was the er- the winemaker at Early, Early Mountain Mountain. Vineyards yep and uh, I, f- I first learned about his wines in New York from Lee Campbell the great Lee Campbell she bought them by to one of the wine shops I was at love the wines and then so i was like oh man you know virginia wine is a thing too so if i do ever go back home i kind of want to connect with the people who i'm starting to get to know and so worked on the vineyard uh his family vineyard for a a summer what did you do for them oh man we did i did a lot we i mean everything we did pruning we uh you know we did harvest together um and and from there i actually stayed at early mountain for a little while so i worked part-time for early mountain making wine in the cellar underneath uh, cellar master Jeremy and, and Maya, who's now the current winemaker, and Ben Jordan, 
who has now left to go start his own custom crush facility. He's still making warm rust, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Which I still, think that's so cool. He's still doing an amazing job. And um, still part of Lightwell Survey. Still owner of Lightwell Survey, okay. still owner of Midland Construction. Um, and those guys are like, you know, our, our friends now and, and, and colleagues. And um, I got to really learn how to now. I stayed in the cellar for two years, you know. And I, I didn't know that. You yep. were there for two years? Two years at Early Mountain. I drove up every Monday and Friday and Kristen like was Kristen like I'm like I'm in you know I'm not hands on today like with Rich Wine because I'm I'm literally in it you know mm-hmm. like I'm there's no no breaks and that's a good way to, I, I think immersion is like one of the best ways to learn yeah, because then you know when when things go awry yeah. or the smell now probably of some wines because you've smelled it you can be like mm, I yeah. don't know yeah your, your palate <laughs> definitely starts to change a little bit more as you kind of grow in, in the and tasting and making, I love and it. you start to understand a lot mm-hmm. more. It's, it's it makes things easier. So, what's your go-to varietal now? Ooh, go-to varietal right now. I'm gonna say um, two. I love Petit Man saying it's growing really well right mm. here in Virginia. Um, mm. I think it's a grape that's gonna same uh, uh, do do really well here. Um, Tell me why that's your favorite. Uh, well, Petit Man saying is from the southwest region of France originally. It is a very small grape with thick skin. And I think that it has the potential with, with Virginia's climate, we're halfway between California and halfway between Europe. And we sit in this middle zone of very interesting climate. And so what a lot of winemakers talk about in Virginia is that they prepare for climate and what they get is weather. And we try to grow grapes here, in my opinion, and don't get it, don't yell at me, wine critics, for this, that, that necessarily aren't doing the best here in Virginia. And it's making wines that aren't good um, because we're trying to grow grapes that don't need to be that are that are struggling here and petite man saying can do well in places that have rainy summers or very hot summers uh, we get april frost they can withstand frost so it's a grape that can that you can have a very bad vineyard manager or vineyard that's growing it and you can still make good wine out of it and Kristen, what were you drinking before you owned a wine shop and what are you <laughs> drinking now um my palate is pretty consistent um and has been consistent i really like south african red wine um, I think that was at first I wasn't like a deeply into red wine. I always went with like some level of like a uh, dry Riesling mm-hmm. when I was leaving like your shop and Lance kind of started to like shift me to like orange wines and like other things. But I would say it was my first trip to uh, like Stellenbosch. This is back in like 2014. Um, I was at Cannon Cop and I said I don't necessarily enjoy red wine, but it ended up being a flight of red wine tasting like on this like wine tour. I was like, oh, geez. Um, but when I got there, uh, I was introduced to a grape called Pinotage. Um, and that just kind of started just like a red wine revolution for me in terms of just like taste, like balance. And it was like a little bit it was it had like a. I don't know. It was, it's definitely like medium to like almost like full bodied, like red wine, but it was just bright. It was wonderful for me, especially like in the summer. And so that's something that I hung on to. And so basically the following trips, I just shopped around. I was like, give me, give me the Pinotage. Give me the best Pinotage. Like I like cabs anyway, or started to, but that was just kind of like the great choice for me. So I'm always sussing that out when I can or ordering when I can. What? So this area doesn't have a wine shop really um, now that Saison Market is gone it really doesn't even have anything where you could come in and do package mm-hmm. that someone might help you um, because it's new to the area and it's probably new to the people that live here so someone is so what would you suggest them do when they come in like yeah. walk through what they like and you can help them or yeah. wing it yeah no that's that's a that's a great question and yeah that's exactly it I mean a lot of the wines that I fell in love with in New York. I, f- I fell in love with the natural wine scene, and, and I'm not saying that's um, where all of our wines lay and exist. But you know, we do have a, a, a practice of really sussing out our wines and focusing on wines of organic nature and biodynamic nature, uh, sustainable um, in that natural wine. So you know, a lot of the wines that we have are necessarily wines that you may be familiar with, uh, that you may see at your local market or not local market or your bigger market stores. And so it, it, it can be kind of daunting, but that's where you come in and you really trust us on the process. Um, so I recommend and, and, want, and usually tell people, what do you usually like to drink? Um, you know, what are you in the mood for tonight? 
Uh, price point is always a thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you're looking for just something to kind of get for the week or for the night, you know, we can easily guide you in that direction. If you as need well, a too. breakfast wine, breakfast wine, it's e- that's easy. You, know, you don't just, spend too much on a breakfast yeah, yeah. wine, but you want to go down easy. It, it's really, it's really us. You know, like Kristen really mentioned earlier, we we want the people that work for us as well too to enjoy wine and. Um, enjoy talking about it and be able to sell it like as much as we are a shop we want to be a steward of being able to teach people what the knowledge that we have while also still learning as well too because you know we get to taste and we learn things every every day about wine so how was the opening process of opening this restaurant when did you guys open like for business for for real february 1st so it's been about a month it's been a little more than a month what do you know now that you wish you knew on on january 31st Say by the bell. <laughs> Doesn't have to answer that question now. No, <laughs> no, no. I think that um, if there was, if there was a, there's a better way to kind of like staff. I would say, mm-hmm. like, like thinking about just kind of like what our staff r- rhythm needs to be, um, and just kind of like making sure like you communicate like it's going to be a little bit of a flexible ride, like the first you know, couple of months until we figure out when is busy, when is not, or like mm-hmm. when it's better for Lance and I to be just like running the shop versus, um, you know, others. Do we have one person night? Do we have three? Like, you know, just thinking about those dynamics. But I think because we knew that was going to be like a factor communicating that up front, like our team's like flexible in terms of like what we need to do for um, just business sustainability uh, like that's the goal so that was one thing that I've been looking at um, intently um, I look at everything intently like numbers wise but that was uh, interesting for me and then also uh, a huge factor is how can we be smart about food ordering and like really 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 reducing uh, like our food waste um, and also getting creative with uh, like what changes you know mm-hmm. that we have like on the menu like what's in season because we also want to use like really fresh ingredients like local ingredients and like we pride ourselves on just having like a pretty high quality um order book back there um that plays into into the food but so we all we've been thinking very intentionally about like both sides of the house um in that capacity so it's been a surprise a couple of surprises along the way but i think it's something that i didn't really lean closely into ahead of time but over the course of february i was like oh wait a second we need to spend more time here mm-hmm. what about you um, I wish I would have told myself to get back into the mentality of getting ready to get back into like restaurant work. You know, I think I, we spent, uh, the about 10 months kind of getting this place together and that, that flew. And, you know, like I've been in a restaurant a lot, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a mentality. Um, you really have to get back into a, a rhythm of, of, of long hours of knowing that you're, you're about to put in that work for uh, a reward that, you will see if you put in the work. Um, And I I think I wish I would have, you know, um, just, yeah, told myself just to, you know, remember to not have to, um, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, we're we're one month in and, you know, we're finally starting to see the little things, the devils in the details that need to be done to operate um, on a, on a, not a high high-end basis but just quality basis you know like we want consistency we we want people to come in enjoy themselves every time you know whether me and Kristen are here or or not here Um, and so like that's where our goal is to kind of get to in the future is obviously spend the time and the years here to get this place going but let it be a staple for you know the next 10 15 20 years if if possible and so Manny Baden is cooking or i mean he's a chef i'll say that but he is doing your food Mm -hmm. correct Mm -hmm. is he here often or is he producing things that you guys are using during the evening does that make sense does he sit in the kitchen some nights um some nights maybe it's just tapas and you have stuff that he's already which would be smart too right like majority of the time manny is here um yes so he's here during a dinner service um, for us, and then also is is curating our menu. So he's leading the menu curation, and uh, in the kitchen. How is that working? That is not. A, I think people need to know that the kitchen back there is a small mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. with with tools, but not the tools that you would see in a larger yeah. restaurant kitchen. I, and he has to be MacGyver back there. How is that working for him? Yeah, he's done a really great job of 
rolling with the kitchen and, and knowing what he can create in the space. These little hybrids of like wine shop, wine bar kind of spots, you know, we don't we don't have full kitchens with hoods and fryers and, fryers or, no. and you know, we, we, we put a teeny dishwasher in because Kristen and I realized that was one thing that needed to be done mm-hmm. ASAP. Um, of course. You know? yeah. Seven hours of hand washing a night is not <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, it's not yeah. cool. So he, yeah, I mean, the kitchen's small, but I think the, like Kristen touched on at the beginning is we knew that from the jump. And so that that led us to a menu that wasn't going to be expansive, that wasn't going to be, uh, you know, 25, 30, 30 items on it. It was going to be simply tight and, and delicious. And um, with that, we knew that we could create foods that necessarily didn't need to be fried or didn't need to be, um, you know, uh, you know, need to require a hood. It's just very delicate, small plates, you know, a couple of entrees that we can rotate in and, 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 and not have to waste, use other things on the, on the menu that we could put with other items, you know, on the menu, just really being able to cross over and change frequently. Um, yeah. And we're experimenting. Like, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, yep, that was great. That was good. Keep that in the back pocket. Like, what else is, you know, mm-hmm. we're playing around. It's kind of like, I feel like it's a test kitchen back there. Um, yeah. and, I, and I like that. Uh, and that's why we've kind of had a couple of menu changes, not because something wasn't working. It's because we're curious to see what uh, people are liking and what we're liking. Yeah. What, are you, what, what are you liking thus far? So I really love the wild trout. Yeah. I think the trout is made. The, the right. item? Yeah, oh, what are we liking? What are you eating when you come when you come at your oh, own yeah. restaurant? The rainbow trout. Yeah, yeah, basically every I've cleared the whole menu probably like twice <laughs> now, but um, I can eat a lot of food. But I think the uh, the rainbow trout has just been awesome with the habanero yeah. layer in the middle. That's wonderful. Uh, we just have uh, what was that? Um, the butter the squash soup mm-hmm. was fantastic. We just pivoted to uh, a roasted pepper soup, which was awesome. I've never had a roasted pepper soup, but I enjoyed it. That was great. And then the short rib has just been flying off. Yeah, the, the short rib is our most popular dish yeah. um, with the crits. And it's just it's just absolutely amazing. And I, I go with the, the, the well-fleet oysters with the apple poblano butter. Those are just, I mean, just so easy to die for. And then the maitake mushrooms with the goat cheese and the romesco sauce. Manny put that on. And I think that's slowly creeping up as the second favorite. So I'll yeah. kill a maitake mushroom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, straight to the face. Folks, if, if you could see Roby's face <laughs> right now, she you know, looks very serious. I, I freaking love them. Yeah. They're, they're, I'm going to step away from, you, you from the roaster. Tear into Manny's kitchen right now. So this now. is not bar food. I mean, this no, is not bar food. No, no, it's, no, no. it's wine bar food. It's a wine bar food. Uh, yeah. What kind of crowds are you attracting at this point? Is it a younger crowd, older crowd? You know what? I would say it's it's been we've seen every, a little bit of everybody. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, but it's kind of like everyone's been on the same page of like, man, I'm coming and get a nice glass of wine, mm-hmm. curious palates, and then uh, like have a good meal. Like people are sharing two up uh, two two to three dishes like per person across mm-hmm. the table. Like if that's how you like to eat and explore, like that's what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anytime we run, do the menu rundown or ha- kind of how things work, people are like all in, yeah. like help me pick food. And yeah. we love that. And we yeah. keep it simple. We got four glasses by the wine that we rotate through and we throw a special on that we've been doing once a week. We got bottles on the wall that you can, you know, that we have chilled or in the wine fridge that you can open up, pop, little corkage fee. And, you know, there, you, you know, you can, you can do it. I, so at, at, in the like space of talking about prices, because I feel like a lot of times people don't want to talk about pricing when it comes to wine, right? Mm-hmm. It can be daunting. I have noticed that you guys have managed to stay extremely approachable both in your food and your wine. Mm-hmm. I looked at your wines by the glass. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're really, really... I mean, I could pop in here and pretend it was happy hour with one of them, mm-hmm. which thanks, Lance. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, how are you all doing that with such good food? Because I know Manny is a real talent and i've had your wine you brought it to the house Mm -hmm. for me so thanks for that during the (laughs) pandemic how are you guys doing that how are you guys keeping it so approachable i mean i'm looking at them right now i see a 27 Mm -hmm. i see a 21 i see a 22 i mean that's a nice i mean that's what's your corkage fee corkage fee is ten dollars see perfect that's it i mean there you are four glasses of wine i mean that is a happy hour glass of wine if you think about it nice glass of wine i think for us right now it's it's really seeing what what you know we didn't want to jump off the, the scale of having 60 dollar bottle of wine 70 dollar bottle of wines and just having them sit there you know we wanted the food to not to be you know appropriate to the price that we're offering it at but not have like 
like I said, 20 min, 20 items that are like $25 each, you know, so a couple of items on the menu that are a little higher price, but that are worth it because of the quality of the food. Wine is that that's affordable that you can open, get with a corkage fee and drink here and enjoy and also grab a bottle for your weeknight if you live in the neighborhood or if you're just coming through Richmond and want to grab a couple of bottles. It's it's still a game that we're that we're playing with. You yeah, know? I, I like it. I, yeah. I mean, you, I could see being here like if I live every in night, area, like right. twice a week. Oh, or oh yeah, I mean, or twice a week. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, but like, I like a neighborhood spot. Like, right. I ha- I don't live in this neighborhood, but we have a neighborhood spot, and that's why it's our neighborhood spot right. because it's consistent, and we can, you know, if I were to cook at home, it, it's almost comparable, maybe a little bit more expensive than if we go mm-hmm. out, right? Absolutely, and that's the goal. Like, we want it to be approachable. Like, not like, uh, should I go or mm-hmm. should I not? Just we want people to feel like. They can, and there's something here for you when you do come. Um, and we also, to your point, we don't want to like beat anybody over the head with such like you know like prices. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like I know we'll see people again if we you know do the right thing by you know consumers and like for the area. And we also understand like how many people are in Richmond. You know, it's a numbers game, um, but I think it's a volume game and it's a marathon and not a sprint. Sure. Talked about the neighborhood. The name of the restaurant comes from the neighborhood. Why don't you explain that to the folks oh. at home? Yeah, I mean, um, going back to what Roby said is, you know, it, it used to be formerly Stoplight Gelato. Barbara Gibbons, uh, her son, it was her dream to open up the space. Um, and he unfortunately passed away before he was able to see the it really open and take off. Barbara came down and, and ran it, a, a sweet old lady. And she was, you know, really busting it down to do everything here. Lived upstairs, ran the gelato shop. COVID hit and unfortunately it, it shut down and uh, the new owners of the building we had known for a little while and we talked to them about, you know, kind of rent, making this our home for what we wanted to do. Kristen and I had known Jackson Ward. We had looked at other spaces in Richmond and, and, and if you know Richmond, it's a, it's kind of north side, west side. You got, Church, you know, uh, Churchill and uh, you got pockets where you can kind of take over that neighborhood spot if you if you have a niche in what you want to do there, right? You can have a pizza spot in this neighborhood and that's where the people go for that. You can have a wine spot in this neighborhood and that's where the people go for wine in that, in that neighborhood. It was a combination of really putting Kristen and I's rich wine business together, Manny Eats, Emmanuel Baden, our chef, what was formerly here, Stop Like Gelato, and using something that uh, was Jackson Ward created, uh, which is, you know, Maggie Walker, you know, she is the first female of any color to own her own bank in the nation. And her first bank was called St. Luke Penny Savings Bank. And um, I threw the name out there to Kristen one night. I was like, yeah, what about Penny's Wine Shop? And and it really clicked, um, you know, because it was something that kind of was a play on words of, of pennies, of putting our, you know, something that we started literally with pennies and putting this together and trying to turn it into something of value. Um, uh, Kristen coming from the banking side, um, us investing in the neighborhood. Um, and it, it just really took shape in that manner of Penny's Wine Shop and, you know, rich wine. It's nothing to do with being rich or anything like that. It was just kind of funny to see, you know, where we came from with rich wine and now to, to you know to Penny's Wine Shop. I think it's great. <laughs> rich wine, Penny's Wine Shop. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So if I come in, um, what should I order and what wine should I get with it? Mm. We did... Um, we've been rolling through, and I, you know, I, I'm gonna shout out Native Selections. We've been rolling through this Jean Blanc um, Rouge it's called Fruit Rouge. It's actually currently the 2019. It is a wine from Southwest. Uh, I had a lot of Southwest France right now, but it is Cab and Cabernet and Merlot, majority majority Merlot, and it, it drinks. It's it's like a rep- rep- representation of like a Bordeaux blend but it is uh, done in like a natural kind of more fun, creative style of way. And that's been, we put it on by the glass this weekend. I got a case of it gone. Um, and people were rolling through that with the, with the short, uh, with the uh, Korean short rib. And so, you know, I bet that's you a, it's good with the maitake too. It's, it's good with everything. I mean, that, that, oh, it's not good. But let me, let me back that up. It's great with the red meats. It's great with just an easy cheese board. Um, and it, it's very palatable because people still want, you know, like that, that red wine that, you know, that's got some body to it, but still a slight little chill. And, and is it, it, you know, that's that's what everybody is, is still kind of going for. And we're just about to get into the spring month. So Fruit Rouge, that's your that's your shot right there, Scott. I cannot wait for folks understanding that you guys literally just opened last month. Um, your hours, um, what are the parking situation? What would you tell people that want to check you out? 
Yes. Yeah, so on Wednesday and Thursday, we're open 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, dinner service starts at 5. Ahead of that, like folks are welcome to come in and grab wine by the glass. And we do have a light day menu for a lighter fare. On Fridays, uh, we open at 2 p.m. and we uh, stay open until 10 p.m. So dinner is 5 to 10. And then Saturdays, it's 12 to 10. So we have a day menu from 12 to uh, about 3.15. Mm-hmm. Last order can be placed. And then 5 p.m., we have dinner service that kicks off from 5 to 10. Uh, we do uh, pause, like, our ordering at 9, like an hour an hour ahead of close. Um, but that's all managed via talk. So when you book the last reservation, you'll uh, get all the details for that um, as well. But... That's the deal. Parking, it's two hours over here in Jackson Ward, which is great. Like our table time is, is like an hour and 45 and uh, two hours. So we tend to, we've been pacing, pacing yeah. quite well. And mainly it's because like the ticket, like the ticketing situation. <laughs> so uh, we're doing everyone a favor with that. But like, I think that um, it's if you don't walk over here and you do have that uh, parking in Jackson Ward without a parking pass, it's about two hours. There are lots right across on Grace that you can park. And Same, the Pulse is right here. The Pulse well. is there. Yeah, the Pulse is there. And there's there's plenty of parking in Jackson yeah. Ward. You if you have to park on one of the neighborhood streets, it's a minute walk around the corner. You know, you may not be able to park right out front, but right. yeah, you can definitely come on, people, park two, around the corner. Like two, oh goodness, there's uh, there are two parking lots right here. Yeah. Pay parking, like that. No, so people don't have to parallel park. Yeah, right, right, right. Which, right. Please, yeah. Which no, is a thing apparently. Um, but they're right here. You can pull right into a parking space. Exactly. Oh, and we're lucky in Richmond. What is it like? Five dollars to park at mm-hmm. night, as opposed to thirty-five dollars in New York. So yeah, I yeah. mean, please, exactly. yeah, thirty-five dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's easy to walk. And also, I mean, Jackson Moore's beautiful. I mean, Gallery Five. We're looking at it right across the street. Uh, R one eighty Guar Bar right here. I you mean, can see the Quirk Hotel. You can see the Quirk. Yeah. <laughs> you can see Maggie Walker statue. You got Common House down the street. I mean, it's a great area to just take a stroll through. I mean, so like if you if you are just looking for a night out and you want to park, I mean, park and it's there's so much other fun stuff to do as well. You can just park and come get a glass of Fruit Rouge. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let's do it this weekend, Roby. What do you say? I think that we should. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott and Kristen and Lance. remember what you ate at Penny's RVA? Probably the best gazpacho I've ever had. Um, like, and that is hard to say for me because I'm actually not a huge fan of cold tomato soup because I often find that it is um, tastes like cold, like salsa. <laughs> I mean, and if I'm going to have cold tomato soup, then I just would like a tortilla chip. I, I mean, I'll go ahead and say it. It was genius, the tomato soup I had. And then he made a dish that's native to where he is from, um, this braised short rib, which they talked about his prowess with short rib. I don't right. know. If, I remember um, him saying he, that. He really, he really does have a very, he has a way with the meats, that mammy. So yeah, that um, rice and short rib, it was really, really nice using a tomato base. So Penny's Quite RVA in Jackson Ward, let's check it out when you guys get a chance. Couple other places I want to throw at you, Roby. Some some restaurants that we've talked about over the last couple of months, and they're Hit finally, me, Scott Wise. They're finally open for business. And uh, if you've been to any of these places, you can share your experiences. If you haven't been, perhaps someone has slid into your DMs to share Ooh. their experiences with you. And I feel like, oh. as we've interviewed a lot of these chefs and chef and restaurant owners over the last few months, and they've given us their their target date for opening, it's pretty much uniform that the actual opening date is six to eight weeks after they told us they were going to open. Which is the way it always goes. Sometimes it's months. I mean, yeah. restaurants are by and large opening a restaurant is, as we've talked about, like so difficult. <laughs> okay. The first restaurant let's talk about um, in late 2022, we interviewed the Reitzers about Acacia and they were opening over in Libby Mill. Have you been, and now they're open. Have you been yet? I've not been yet. I have not been yet. I hear the space. Well, I've seen the space, but I have not been in it with the people. And I hear that it is exactly what you would expect from Acacia. It has not, there's, they are not deviating, which is awesome because I think that they have a formula and have pretty nailed down. In the past, we have interviewed both chefs, Lee Gregory and Bobo Cato about Alewife. I've got to talk about this restaurant. They have opened their new restaurant. Wow. Okay. They've opened their new restaurant, Odyssey, over in the West End of Patterson and Three Chopped area. 
full disclosure, I ran into you last night at the restaurant. <laughs> full, uh, full disclosure? You're going to just really? Because, yeah. At the restaurant. So I know you've been there. And so why don't you share your experience with uh, the listeners? So cool thing. We're like real time when you guys listen to this. Um, Odyssey will be open. You will be able to get reservations started on Saturday, um, which is pretty cool. Things to note about this restaurant, Scott, which I think um, it's just mind blowing to me. They are using a pizza oven to cook everything. I mean, obviously the rice dishes and stuff, there's a stove in the back. So that's like being done beforehand, but I'm talking like your steak, your escargot, which is damned brilliant with the ham, we'll call it ham. Don't kill me though. Ham butter. I mean, just brilliant and your fish. And I think that is difficult <laughs> if you want my thoughts on that. How was your dinner last night? I uh, had an awesome meal. We I think we ordered everything on the menu, at least, you know, one of Good. everything on the menu. And it, the beer, by the way, another full Let's exposure. talk about this. I love it so much. The beer, by the way, um, is... Uh, I think two of the three taps there were provided by my brother's company, Allied Craft, and he's a, a local beer distributor um, who has been, uh, I, let's, I, let's just say it, a successful businessman now, my little brother. I'm proud of him. So, That familiar creature's Pilsner, solid, very solid. Crushable beer goes with like everything on the menu. So um, yeah, your brother is a successful businessman. I think Ryan had a couple, which is, nice the wine list is really accessible what we talked about ryan and i did this morning is how excited we are to have essentially a derivative of alewife in the west end with a little bit more seafood and how how it's not going to be like you have to be there for special occasions yeah it didn't um, feel we, the interior is not super stuffy i mean i was wearing I was wearing a hoodie and jeans. I probably was a little under. I was in jeans but... and slip-ons, so yeah, yeah. I mean, but um, and of course, Bo and Lee and their their staff are just so kind and mm-hmm. personable, and you know, it was it was just a good feeling walking into that space, and I, I wish them much success. I do hear, which you know how excited I am about this. Bo said something to me about martinis, and he was like, "I I hear that your preference is gin. We're gonna have a martini happy hour," and I just almost died. Right there in the restaurant. So well, that would have been awkward. I'm glad you didn't die. <laughs> Do you have a best bite you want to talk about since the last we spoke? So I got. I'm cheating on this okay. best bite situation um, because I will tell you, I call them lamachis. They call them escargots. Two different language. Last night's, um, I think, what's a definite gap in our eating here in Richmond are those beautiful snails and. I think your sister-in-law thinks I'm the greatest because she took all Michelle home. So uh, I'll say that is like what's most recent in my head, but I will, and I'm going to lay it out here, Scott. I think one of the best dinners in Richmond, bar none, is the sausage, soft polenta, and white bean at DMO. I think it flies so far under the radar and it is just so well done. The soft polenta has nice crispy edges and is very soft in the inside. The white beans own this like white pepper. It's like this gorgeous pot liquor bean sauce. And then the sausage, which they're making there is um, um, it, like two parts spicy, two parts soft i mean it's just too good to even talk about and it's big enough that you can eat some there and bring some home so that's my bite dinamo whole the best of both thing. worlds mm-hmm. my best bite is actually a drink was able what? to finally check out sidecar down in powhatan slash chesterfield county line and had the scorpion bowl which comes out on fire they light the top of it and you got to watch your eyebrows. And if you have hairspray in your hair, definitely so wait, watch that out too. Where is this? Sidecar. Okay. Chris Staples. Chris Buffers. Staples. Okay. And they bring out a scorpion bowl that they light when they put it down in front of you? Or it they is, walk it out? 
Saganaki style. Remember like at Chi-Chi's when, when people would order the fajitas and the waiter would come by with the fajitas and it's sizzling and the whole restaurant kind of turns? Yep, all Mexican restaurants. Yep. It's like that. It's like it's on fire. Really? It's on fire leaving the bar. Everyone's staring at you. Big bowl on the table. Phenomenal. I'm in. And I got to meet uh, Greg Hill, who's the owner, with our friends Jessica and Chris and, and Josh. And Jessica was there too. And she's nice. such a nice kind person i haven't seen her in so long and it was so good to see her as well she is an like she is an actual gym among gyms that lots of rums in that bowl lots of different rum the menu actually says lots of different rums in the in the bowl like that's what it says many many rums many rums many rums many rums and then 151 because that's how they set it on fire right so with your fireball um could you get food Yes, you could get food. Uh, <laughs> okay. Shrimp and jerk chicken are, are, is what I ate along with the with the drink. So it was good. It was good. It was great. Okay, good. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, I would definitely recommend go. checking it out. I don't think we have enough flaming drinks here, and it's a big. It's a communal drink, a large format, more than one person. Or I mean, it could be who gets the many rums. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, for me, it was single. <laughs> That's what Scott said. <laughs> I feel like many rums to himself. <laughs> Oh, a man of many rums. This episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> Eat It Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> no! Oh, God, no.